In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, what makes baseball not boring, uh, more times than not, is trades and the offseason, and we love it all, and really, we wait and we wait and we wait, and a lot of times in the world of baseball, other than last year because of the lockout, we have to wait way too long because there's no deadlines, but thank you to the Seattle Mariners, thank you to the Toronto Blue Jays um, for making it a little bit more palatable and getting the conversation going and reminding us how awesome trades are. And speaking of awesome, Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet is with us because the team that he covers made it was one of the teams that actually made this big trade. Ben, what's going on? Hey, Rob. Good to be talking baseball with you. And yeah, I, I'll be honest. I was not expecting that this would happen in this way. But I guess if I was expecting it, then uh, then I probably would have broken the news instead of kind of reacting to it as it was breaking this morning. Well, let me ask you that. So covering the Blue Jays, um, which, by the way, talk about two great teams to cover right now, the Blue Jays and the Mariners. Um, but covering the Blue Jays was a Teoscar and we should know that this is the trade. I, I, I buried the lead here. Uh, the, the Blue Jays have sent Teoscar Hernandez to Seattle for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Mako, Mako, Mako. Um, I don't know. Mako, M-A-C-K-O. Um, and was the trading to Oscar Hernandez on the radar of, of you, of anybody of, was this like a conversation? And I know that obviously he's heading into the last year of his contract with the blue Jays, but for a team that's got so much momentum that, that has so many good vibes around them that, you know, that you would think that would want to make another run at things. Uh, with at least like the the foundation of the current group, did, was this a surprise? Well, the possibility of trading an outfielder was definitely on the table and has been for a couple of years. The Jays have had interest in Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar dating back a couple of years now. And and look, I mean, he's going into his walk here. And honestly, like I thought, Rob, that Teoscar was going to go out, hit his ballpark 2023, and just have a monster season with the Jays. And and he's done it before. This is not a stretch for him to do this. And so I actually thought that holding on to him would be a pretty good idea. Um, now, that's obviously not the way things are unfolding. So they got Eric Swanson here, who's really going to help their bullpen. He's, he's, you know, you look at his baseball savant page, it's all red. He's someone who's going to be a really good pickup for this team. But they're going to have to backfill now. And they've wanted to get more left-handed for a while. So, you know, we'll see if they do that. I suspect they will. I suspect that they probably have a pretty good idea as to what that will look like. But they they can't just go into the season with George Springer and, and Teoscar 
or sorry, George Springer, Lourdes, and Whit Merrifield. They need to add more outfielders. Well, let me ask before we get to sort of the haul that they got back from Seattle. Um, let me ask you, what do you think that they will do? Do you think that they they haven't been shy about being aggressive? Obviously, in the free agent market in the last recent years, the free agent market kind of stinks um, this time around. You know, maybe maybe you spin it and and you get uh, you get the Seattle outfielder um, in exchange in this trade things. But it, what do you think that they do? Do you think that they they sort of slow play it? Go in with the guys that you mentioned. Maybe have a complimentary guy. You know, I'll give you the, the Red Sox an example. They got Jackie Bradley, and Jackie Bradley was sort of okay. You're not going to replace Hunter Renfro, but he's going to be a complimentary player. Or do they go out and get that guy? They say, hey, you know what? We lost to Oscar, and we're going to replace him by making another aggressive move. What do you think they're going to do? I think they have to start at the top. Like you can't if you're a team that needs to win. And to go back to you know your earlier point. This team has Vlad and Bo for three more years, which, you know, that's that's good. Three years is, is a chunk of time. But, you know, the clock to some extent is ticking on on this young core that they work so long to, to develop. It's a pretty special duo. It's a really good team. They need to take advantage of that. And so this can't be the end point. We ha- we're midway through this. You know, obviously, it's the middle of November right now. But they have to go out and bolster this team. So I think you start at the top. I think you at least check on Brandon Nimmo. Now, as you and I know, that's a Scott Boris client, and he's only played 100 games twice in his career. I don't know that you go $130 million for that. Like I, To me, I, w- I would have real questions about doing that, but you have to at least see what his interest is in Toronto, whether there's a fit there, explore that. And I think also, I mean, the Jays, they might not be done trading. They might not be done making big trades because they have three catchers and they're listening on their catchers. So if you can turn, let's say it's Alejandro Kirk into Lars Newbar, or is it Gabriel Moreno into Brian Reynolds? I mean, if you're making a trade like that, then boom, there's your answer in center field. You've got that covered. Now you can go out and focus on the starting rotation. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. The Jays, having made this trade, I think really sets the table for a lot more moves. And I, I think it's going to be a pretty active offseason for them. So with, when it comes to Teoscar Hernandez, what type of dent does this put in the clubhouse? Not that this is the be-all, end-all, um, but you know, this, the, sometimes you trade a guy like this who's been part of success, um, been part of a lot of success pearls individually and helping with the team. What, type, what, what are those guys thinking today? Even, even with the guys we're going to mention in a second that you got back, which is a pretty good haul, but what are those guys in that clubhouse thinking today? Well, exactly, because you know, as good as as Swanson looks, and and we'll, we can get to that. You know, Teoscar Hernandez was the guy who, when the Jays clinched their playoff berth, he was the one who stood up on the uh, the counter in the clubhouse, and he's waving around a flag and covered in champagne and wearing the goggles, and everyone in the team is kind of like chanting, and he's waving this giant flag with the music going on. Like he's that kind of presence. And if you if you watch the games, I'm sure you um, have seen this a, a million times, Rob. But you know, you see him in the dugout, and he's always just got a smile on his face. He's talking to Vlad. He's talking to Lourdes and coaches, and he's he's legitimately like a very friendly individual. Um, so it'll be a loss. Now, at the same time, I, I think if the Jays get back enough, and you know, obviously they haven't done that yet, but if they get back enough by the time spring training rolls around then the, the guys will have to figure it out and they'll have to just move forward. 
But Teoscar was a pretty legitimately fun presence around that team. Yeah, sometimes it's just the cost of doing business. It's it's not you have to rip off the band aid sometimes, and and that brings us to sort of what they got back. And this isn't this isn't getting back a bunch of single A players, and you're hoping that prospects is going to work out. This is getting back, you know. And I'm going to skip over the minor league pitcher Adamako, who uh, has some potential. That's great. I mean, absolutely, it's great. You getting back a guy who you think is going to be a major leaguer. But the be all end all in the return here is Eric Swanson. You mentioned and you tweeted it out, Ben, the baseball savant page. You know, it's 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 you know, 80 to 90 percentile, boom, 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 red, 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 red across the board. That's always going to make a fan base feel good. Then you go to the baseball reference page. You look at the numbers. Oh, my goodness. That's going to make the, the fan base look good. So when it comes to how the Blue Jays are approaching this, you know, I asked you about where, whether you're surprised that you're going to trade an outfielder to Oscar Hernandez. Were you surprised that they were going to be so aggressive in getting the back-end bullpen help along this lines? You know, that part definitely doesn't surprise me because at the GM meetings last week, I was talking to a bunch of folks there just trying to get a read on what the Jays would be doing, and it really did seem like they were being aggressive in the relief market. And a guy like Robert Suarez, you know, $46 million for a player that you know, at least in my estimation, probably a lot of fans have barely heard of. He's signing this massive deal. The Jays never had a chance to make him an offer because he signed before free agency fully opened up. But I was told they were very aggressive there. So, all right, Swanson, like you said, I mean, he's a really good reliever. He's got a 35% strikeout rate, three more years before he hits free agency. Like if he was on the free agent market this year, what's he getting? You oh know, with, my goodness. With kind of numbers, right? Like yeah. he might, he might be a $40 million guy, which is, again, that, that might be jarring, but I think that's what the market would bear. So now the Jays can, can take themselves out of that relief market to some extent. They can focus on outfield, focus on starting pitching. I mean, they, they still have a lot of work to do. I'm not saying that this, this offseason is even close to done for the Toronto Blue Jays, but they've in acquiring Swanson, they have addressed one real need. It's interesting, Ben, because we're trying to read the tea leaves when it comes to what the offseason is going to look like through these these moves early in 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 well early November and mid November, and what we have so far is what you said. You know, you have Suarez, you have Edwin Diaz, you have these guys getting a ton of money, and you're thinking, what's what's going on here? How is baseball viewing this? Are they viewing it through – are they prioritizing this because of the way the game is going? And obviously you have Romano and you have Swanson now. And it's always good to have two guys. I think really what it – maybe I'm wrong, Ben, but I think that if I'm going to guess how baseball teams are building things, it's, okay, you not only need a closer, you need a seventh-inning closer and you need a ninth-inning closer. And I know that's – in years gone by – that was the sort of like the setup guy to the closer, but I'm talking about sort of something different. Like I'm thinking Swanson sets, you know, he's the guy who pitches in the seventh inning and you can tell me who did that for Toronto effectively this past year, but it, and then you have a guy in the ninth inning. And I think that's how teams will view it. I don't know. Do you agree or not? I do agree. I, I think you need that. And this is where, you know, of course, like we all love, love war and and use it, right? Like it's it's definitely more useful than looking at a player's RBI total. But, you know, at the same time, there are things that stats like that miss. And this is where, you know, of course, in, in 162, Teoscar's going to give you more value. That is not up for debate compared to Eric Swanson. 
he's he's going to give you more. But in the course of a playoff series, and the Blue Jays do have those aspirations of not only making it to the playoffs, but winning multiple rounds, you need really good relievers to do that. And Swanson is the caliber of reliever who can give that kind of late game value. And, and I think in the postseason, those relief pitchers, like they can almost have the same impact as a corner mm-hmm. outfielder in the course of a five-game series where he's coming up against, let's say the Jays are playing the Astros and it's Tucker and Alvarez and Swanson really good against lefties. Like That's the kind of situation they did not have enough answers for this year. And this is a meaningful step in that direction. How, how are the people in Toronto reacting to this right now? <laughs> uh, at least the ones that I'm hearing from are not happy. <laughs> um, which, you know, I, I understand. Teoscar, like, you're not going to trade a player like Teoscar Hernandez for a, you know, a reliever that's anything short of Edwin Diaz and have the fans be happy. You're just not. And so, and nor should the fans be happy. I wouldn't say that they, they should be, but it's a long off season and there's a lot of time left. All right, Ben. Well, I don't want to keep you. I know you're busy, and it's a uh, it's a much busier day than you anticipated when you woke up this morning. I'm sure. Um, but if anyone, it, it gives you a little bit of adrenaline rush, right? You know, I, oh, this, yeah. there's nothing like we, we. This is the problem. Last year, Ben, and we've talked about this on this podcast. Last year was awesome because you knew you were getting December 1st and you knew teams were like racing against the clock. And then that was the deadline. There's we're back to, Oh, really? You were going to be following this stuff all the way through February, but this is a sign of hope. Yes. I hope you feel like re-energized today. A hundred percent. It's, it's fun to have these things happen. And, you know, thankfully, you know, it came across at, 10 a.m. Like that's so much better than you know 10 p.m. You know you're you're in bed or whatever the case. Like it's it's a lot of fun. And I also think like November it's great because there's so much possibility. Whereas if Aaron and of course it's Aaron Judge's right, it's Xander Bogart's right to take this as long as they want. It's their chance at free agency. But if we're still talking about that on January the 28th, like it's just not as fun. It's it's simply not. Well, Ben, thank you for being the baseballs and boring correspondent. I appreciate that. They first big trade. Nobody better. All right, Ben. Good talk with you. Likewise. Thanks, Rob.